Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. Hey, everyone. Pastor David here with Liz Jones and Pastor Jonathan Foley. Look at that. Alive and well. Jonathan Foley keeps the lights on in this building. He is our kid's pastor. He is a true pastor because he gathers people. He doesn't repel people like I do sometimes. He actually draws people to the Lord to gather and to have fun and to experience life. So we're just, we're really blessed to have you on the podcast with us. Those are really nice things for you to say, David. Thanks, my brother. (laughs) May not be accurate. You can tell David's a pastor. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah. Do you have those gifts, Liz? What? Just gather people. No, I have no gifts. You do because you make you make food, and that always gathers people. People will, that's yeah. Good. Even if they don't like you, they will come to eat mm-hmm. food. That's so well, that's a good. That's unless a good you're key. cooking Chef Boyardee or something, you know, oh, then they don't terrible, want that. Terrible, terrible. Um, all right. Well, what are we talking about today? I think it's uh, our subject is making disciples, and we've talked a lot about discipleship, how we become followers of Jesus, how we let His Word speak to every area of our life and surrender to Him. But how do you transfer that to others? How do you? Um, how do you lead someone in that? Because they're not really our disciples, right? Mm-hmm. They're really Jesus's disciples. So we're trying to lead people to follow him. And each one of us at some point on this podcast, we have at least tried to make a disciple, just so everyone listening <laughs> knows. Not that we've necessarily succeeded. Um, <laughs> if we do succeed, it's the Holy <laughs> Spirit forming Jesus in someone. We've but tried he, um, to be yes. a disciple. We have. We've, <laughs> yes, all we've the things. partnered with God. Um, yeah, so... That is we, something we've done. We've had experience, whether it's with um, with youth ministry, with kids discipleship, with adult discipleship, um, with really old people discipleship, whatever, whatever it may be, we've been trying to lead people to develop their relationship with God. Um, so from that, I just wanted to start off the discussion and say, um, what's been your experience of making disciples? Like, has it been an easy journey for you, Liz or, or Jonathan? Has it been something that you've wanted to do? Has it been something that was put on your plate uh, by a spiritual leader, like how did you come into this this journey of making disciples? Pull up, Pastor John, go first. Okay, yeah, go for it, Jonathan. The journey of making disciples. Yes, I think uh, as as you grow in the Lord, it becomes something you you aspire towards. You want to see people um, rescued. You want to see people walk out life in a, a fresh way and a rewarding way, and um, you're. You're really, I think, um, always looking for that opportunity, you know. But for me, discipleship uh, really began with uh, with my life being transformed, you know, and my yeah. life being uh, brought to that place where God could work out His His plan and purpose. He could accomplish right that transformation of my life. Uh, with his truth, so that my my actions, my world started to reflect some of that. And f- for me, I, I believe that uh, my greatest opportunity to make disciples started occurring w- when I truly became a disciple. That's good. You know, that, um, that opened up for me... Uh, the, the level of understanding that's required to understand why all of this has taken place. You know, why does God uh, need to change us? Why, why do we need to submit ourselves to a process where we're being made? Yeah. And you really can't grasp any of that until you've started to um, experience uh, life 
on the other side of, you know, that process a bit. Yeah. And so, you know, my journey began back when I was uh, in college. Um, the Lord waking up my soul to this relationship with him mm-hmm. and me recognizing that that was all that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And until, until you see that, uh, that opportunity to be a part of God's plan, uh, you don't really embrace being shaped, yeah. uh, being a student as discipleship is defined, right? Right, yeah. And so I think that's where, that's where it starts for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Liz, something on your, your mind? Or? Just about, um, yeah, I just was thinking back to um, being, being discipled. Um, and I think, too, that's a term, I don't know, I think there's um, discipleship that we do as congregations, you know, where we try to um, give people a track to grow in their relationship with the Lord and to um, grow in relationship with each other and to really be serious, disciplined ones, you know, when it comes to learning the word and um, growing in maturity and all of that. And it's awesome. I think congregations should do that. Uh, just reflecting on this, you know, like Jesus didn't call us to be Christians. He called us to be disciples. And that's, uh, there's a big difference there actually. But um, for me, um, becoming a discipler, I guess <laughs> it took me a little while to figure it out, to be honest. Cause it was like, I had a desire to do it. Um, I had a desire for something that I saw a need for, which was like really walking with people in a really close way, like a full life involvement. Yeah. And, um, I think I even tried to do it, you know, I've done it like with our school of ministry with people at different levels. Um, but it still was not quite how I, um, what I like was in my heart to do. And so I think I even had like a few failed attempts, like where I tried to do it with certain people and it just didn't work, you know? And then, um, a couple of years ago, we were identifying some needs in our church and, um, just recognizing the need for some leadership training for young adults. And so Mm -hmm. Joe and I, and, um, Shama Katura got the opportunity to kind of pioneer that. And Mm -hmm. that has been honestly like what, um, my heart, like what my spirit knew was possible. Um, I just didn't quite know how to, we didn't quite know how to mm-hmm. get there. You know what I'm saying? And What's so, making that approach different than some of your past approaches? Like um, what do you do with them? I just think it's the right, it's the right people at the right time in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, and there's been changes to our group. Some people have come, some people have left and it's like, but it's just like, um, and this is a, we've done this, been doing this now for a couple of years with this group and they've like really gelled as a group. We've had to, we've gone through some real struggles <laughs> as a group and with individuals and real triumphs and, um, just learning to trust each other and love each other and walk together and like share life together and cry together and have fun together and mm. study the word and like, yeah. um, and all of that. And it's just been like, I'm like, this is this, this is what I see. Like, this is what I see in the word, you know? And like, it's been, um, actually a really exciting thing to be part of. So I'm, Mm -hmm. um, it took us a little while to figure it out, you Mm -hmm. know, but I'm excited to actually see that duplicate because I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's doable and it's actually very effective. Yeah. Well, both John and my, myself have been part of a discipleship school that was a live-in discipleship school. 
Um, I'm actually wearing the sweater now. If you're on YouTube, it's crosswalk. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I'm thinking. I've done that, with, I've done that with both of you guys. Crosswalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday people will be interested and we'll we'll do it again. But it was really valuable because you lived with the people. I mean, they lived on campus. We had meals together almost every day. Um, every day we we walked through the Bible chapter by chapter. Um, like Liz said, you have relational difficulties. <laughs> you're not just teaching them information. Mm -hmm. You're teaching people um, how to resolve conflict like Jesus would, how to um, show mercy to people as Jesus would, how to actually structure their life in a way that, you know, like it says in, in Kings, um, there was a king who ordered his ways before the Lord, his God. And that was what brought, um, you know, the presence of the Lord alongside him. Um, so that, that element where you're living with people as Jesus did, like sleeping relatively close to them, different rooms, obviously. But, um, you know, so they can, uh, they know if you snore or not. Like they know what triggers your frustration. They know um, when they're making a mistake and when they're pushing something. Um, you're living like in a family. And that's not always possible in our modern church setting to live that deeply with people. But I think you start, you know, with your kids, with, with your family, with people that are in that, that level of relationship with you. And you sort of impart what God's imparting to you. I think that was like really what you're saying, Pastor John, is, um, you know, people that don't have a passion for discipleship, maybe they have never been transformed one-on-one -on -one with Jesus or with others in Jesus. Maybe they don't sense that benefit, so they're not, they're not wanting to transmit that. Because when you actually see what's available to us to know God um, and to, to walk with God, you have to share that. <laughs> Has that been something yeah. that you found with with our discipleship? Or? Yeah, as you're talking there, I'm, I'm just reflecting on the scriptures in Luke 14 when he's talking about uh, being a disciple of, of himself. He, he specifically mentions that unless you hate your, your mother, your father, right, your family, uh, he, he goes on to say, your life. Right, you can't be his disciple, yeah. and uh, one of the things uh, that I really discovered in that process of, of being a discipler mm -hmm. is unless your life is laid down, unless your ambitions are surrendered to the cross, unless uh, your life uh, exemplifies uh, this nature of being submitted to God's will mm -hmm. above all else, um, and uh, gives evidence of building, right? Because uh, Jesus also connects in that scripture that, uh, you know, you can't be a disciple if you lay the foundation and then get tired of oh, yeah. the, the rest of the process. If you walk away from that moment, count the um, cost. You, you, won't, you won't be in his will. You won't be uh, truly operating in that call of God. And, and so uh, discipleship has to uh, reflect that truth that Jesus is uh, describing there in, yeah. in, the, in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'm thinking about is um, discipleship um, a lot of times is like um, uh, portrayed as like come learn how to be disciple so you can um, learn how to develop your gifts, right? You can learn what your ministry is. You can learn how to plant churches. You can learn um, all of these things for your life. When really Jesus' call to discipleship was take up your cross yeah. 
and follow me like that. And that's why it was called crosswalk, you know, but it's like, that is actually what we're calling people to when we're calling them to discipleship is, are you, are you ready to die to everything that you thought your life was going to be and ready to follow Jesus to wherever he wants to bring you? And that's not a call that, um, I hear very often just in like (laughs) Christian circles, you know, it's all about like, uh, having, having the the gifts of the spirit and flowing and your ministry. And yeah, what's your, what's your God dream and how can we help you fulfill that? And it's like, Jesus didn't do any of that. He didn't like lay out like a plan of ministry, um, you know, advancement, you know, it's like pick up your cross and follow me. And that's it. Like that's either you want me or you want yourself and there's nothing, so there's yeah. nothing in between, you know, and that's like that call to discipleship. That's, that's hard. What would make you know? it worth? What would make it worth that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Sometimes we don't say the other side of it where it's like, okay, this is, yeah. I tend to like to preach the hard message that Liz said of, yeah, you got to die to yourself, pick up that cross, embrace the cross. But what's on the other side of it? It's there's him. life. Yeah. That's, well, Jesus. that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, is he enough of a reward? Yeah. Amen. Or is it about what you're going to get out of your, mm. what he owes you if you Ooh. follow him, you know? Yeah. And to emphasize that, you know, we, we often see people step into this. Uh, I want to be discipled because they, they want the, the blessings. They mm-hmm. want the provision. They want the uh, knowledge life of, of goodness and peace, right? They want, uh, to operate in a in a place of of trust and uh, respect, right? Those sorts of of qualities that that really look like rewards and and a fulfilled life, mm-hmm. but that isn't Jesus's end goal. Mm-hmm. Jesus's end goal is the cross. Mm-hmm. He's he's bringing us to a place of surrendering all, mm-hmm. and when we get to that place, we've arrived. Mm-hmm. When we've when we laid everything down, right. we have uh, attained right a measure of of his mm. his life. Yeah, because it's it's in surrendering ourselves that we we find life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think you're that's how we disciple because we're leading people to that place, and we have to be there already. They have to see that right. in our life that. Hey, Pastor Jonathan lays down his life to help somebody that needs to be shoveled out of their driveway with snow. Like he lays down his life to um, initiate conflict resolution when someone has wronged him. He lays down his life um, to be embarrassed and share the gospel with somebody that needs it. Look at him; he's living as if Jesus is enough. He's li- he's living as if the reward is is the fellowship of Jesus in his life mm-hmm. and his suffering and his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we model that, that's that's being a spiritual leader. That's um, that's showing people the cross, um, and it, it really opens up a path for someone to walk on. Uh, we're walking on Jesus. He's the path. He's the bridge. Jeremiah shared that in another podcast. Yeah, Jesus is the bridge um, to this fullness of life, but it comes through the cross and counting the cost. Um, have you ever, you know, felt the cost of discipling? Has it? Have you ever? Has it ever like been painful to you guys to do this? I mean, I know that Jesus is yeah. enough and all that. <laughs> But just for people listening that want to make disciples, what should they expect? Yeah. What's going to happen? It's What's going to happen to you? <laughs> you know, I, uh, in the crosswalk world, <laughs> when, you know, it's, it's our job, our assignment, um, one of the greatest challenges you run into is um, 
the conflict that you're constantly having to uh, embrace. Mm -hmm. Everything about a discipleship program is uh, pointing to people's weaknesses and and bringing them to a place of um, understanding, mm. right? Yeah. That it doesn't have to stay this way, yeah. that you can uh, move from this place of, of immaturity, this place of uh, bitterness, this place of um, insecurity yeah. uh, to yeah. a place of, of confidence and a place of respect, a place, a place that's honorable, yeah. right? And so that, that conflict with people, uh, though maybe is embraced initially, yes, I want all that God has for my life. Yes, I want God to change me. Uh, people have to uh, come to grips with the fact that they're ugly, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> that they're they're yeah. selfish. That they they have uh, a, a part of them that can't move forward, mm -hmm. and that's been their identity. Sure. And so as that. soon as as soon as they really confront that, right. and you're a part of that confrontation, it becomes it becomes painful. Uh, yeah, that's so true, man. Yeah, there's things that get exposed in. Uh, is why I believe Jesus discipled a group. Yeah. You know, and he didn't just have like one disciple that walked with him. It was like he had a group because there's things that get exposed when you're in group settings and you're walking close together. And there's things that get exposed in, in you as a leader too. And they're like, you know, <sighs> your disciples when they get close in your life, they're like, hey, what about this or what about that? Or you realize it yourself. You're like, oh, okay, like I'm inviting yeah. people into my life and they're uh, getting me as I am. Uh, they're not getting church Sunday me. <laughs> they're getting yeah, <laughs> midday of the week, you know, <laughs> dysfunction in my house, and they're there and they're like, okay. I'm like, well, this is how families are. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> giving it to you real. <laughs> this is it. like. You know, but good they, days and bad they'll days. see it. They'll see it. Although see the good bag and the ugly, like you were yeah. saying, John, and yeah. it's, um, it can be rough, but it also can be great. It just depends on how people choose to embrace that and yeah. use it. And I think that's one of the challenges. I think one of the challenges is, um, for me anyway, is, is knowing, um, the line of like when to encourage and when to, when to push, you know, when to like challenge and confront and then when to like let them grow into it. So that's always a interesting challenge for me personally. Yeah. But yeah. I think also the challenge of um, pouring your life out to people and sometimes they just don't, um, they just choose something else. And that's a hard, that's a hard reality sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you need a lot of power from God to do this sort of thing. It's not really something you can do in your flesh. If you're not praying for people that you're discipling and you're not asking God for wisdom, you won't know when to prune and when to let it ripen. Mm -hmm. You won't know when the time is to correct something. Uh, you won't know when the time is to just hug them and be like, hey, this, this hurts, you know. Um, not try to fix them. Because <laughs> right. um, I used to think about discipleship as like, hey, we're going to fix people. We're going to mm -hmm. give them the Bible verse and that's going to that's gonna fix them and they're going to be able to go share the gospel and then it's going to move forward. But what, what you said, Liz, is true, is that discipleship is you're opening your life mm -hmm. to somebody. And hopefully it's a life worth imitating, but at least it's a life where you're offering for a relationship. And Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, we were eager to share not only the gospel of God, but our, our own selves. selves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's what it, it means to be a disciple maker. Um, it's not like you can't disciple as the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain with the voice that comes out. And people, right. Oh, wow, what an amazing voice. Let's not look behind the curtain mm-hmm. and it's this weasened old man, right? So it's, <laughs> Um, a weasoned wizard, wow. right? That's cool. Um, that's cool <laughs> oh phraseology. Gosh. But anyway, is it, you can't do that. You're not like this wizard behind the curtain that has all the answers for people. Right. You're um, you're the servant of this God that opened up his own flesh and opened up his own life and was like, hey, I want you to be with me. Um, and so you have to settle that in your mind. Like that's going to cost you something. It's going to cost your time. It's going to cost your availability. It's going to cost interruptions, yeah. inconvenience. It might make you more like Jesus. Yeah. It might be your journey of discipleship and sanctification yeah. when you begin to make other disciples. It is. Thoughts. I think that, you know, like John was saying, like you can't disciple if you're not a disciple. Yeah. And <laughs> that doesn't stop. It's not like you're like, I reached the end of my discipleship program or my discipleship, <laughs> whatever. And now I, now I have Seven graduated to discipling. Like it doesn't work that way. It's like a continual discipleship. And if you're not being discipled currently, like in a living real way, I don't think you should be discipling people because it's not, you've stopped learning. You've stopped growing. You're not, you're not having to depend on the Lord. You're not letting him change you. You're not letting him uh, confront your own weaknesses and your own (laughs) pride and all of those things. You know, it's like, that's, it's all, it's all part of it. I don't think you can, I don't think you can effectively disciple people if you are not actively being discipled. I, uh, I, I work in uh, the children's ministry, like you guys said, and it's a, you know, a great time. We're always having fun and and fooling around and trying to make that experience for the kids enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But one of the challenges that has emerged as I've been doing that is we come as adults to these kids and tell them what is truth. What is the Bible? What are the stories? What, what is the will of God, the word of God? What does it say? You know, we're yeah. breaking that down and teaching them, telling them about it. Mm-hmm. But then you ask the kids, so share with me, you know, what the Lord's doing in your life, you know, and, and the kids, you know, fish for things to say, you know, and, and bring up, uh, you know, the obvious things that, that are maybe uh, parroted, right? Because they've heard it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And then there's the challenge for you to share with them what God's doing in your yeah. life. And it's in that moment that you're exposed. Yeah. Do you have a testimony today, a now testimony of God working in your life? And there was a moment in this uh, ministry um, where I didn't. And I realized that my life is in a do mode mm-hmm. where I'm just accomplishing uh, work. I'm, I'm sure. doing important things. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, helping connect uh, ministries and put things in place and uh, make sure uh, what is needed is provided, a lot of administrative stuff. But it, in that moment, I couldn't share a testimony. And I realized the challenge for me is to have testimony that they can grab hold of. Mm-hmm. And since that point in time, you know, I've been making this purpose in my life to record the, the things that happen mm-hmm. as you're going about your week, you know, yeah. taking a moment and giving, um, giving time to challenge God to use you 
mm-hmm. right? To uh, bring an opportunity to step out in faith and to bring courage <laughs> into the world by presenting Jesus somehow, mm-hmm. some way to a person, you know, yeah. and allowing yeah. that testimony to work, you know, Absolutely. is uh, something that a discipler has to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. testimony is, it's so true in evangelism. Like you're not going to lead someone to that if you're not, you're not doing it. You're not giving them hope. You're not giving them something to learn from, but it's also true in the word of God. Like, Hey, this is what the Lord showed me in the scriptures. This is how he challenged me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true in the church. This is how I stepped out within the church to, you know, to pray for this person. This is the person I'm really praying for. Like maybe don't tell them that. Right. But there, so like, there's a person that I'm laying my life down in prayer. Um, it's how you do it in prayer. You're like, Hey, let's go and let's do all these things together. Let's, let's interact with the Lord in prayer, in his word, in ministry, in evangelism, in praise. Let's interact with him. And as they see you make it real and have that vibrant interaction with God, they say, Oh, you know, this is available to me too. I'm not just learning a dead letter in a series of commandments to conform my life to something i'm having a vibrant relationship mm-hmm. with a living god so that's what we're going for we're not trying to um in my opinion it's not just giving people all the right doctrine because there's colleges mm-hmm. and seminaries for that and that's important we gotta we gotta actually seek out knowledge and learn all those things but what we're trying to show someone is how to know god right that's eternal life that they know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you've sent mm-hmm. If we're not doing that, I mean, it's we're not teaching people to interact with his word. That's probably word one for me. Like if, if you were to ask me like how to, what's the most essential thing in discipling people, making disciples, um, it would be that they feed themselves, that they can connect to the vine, mm-hmm. that they're not just thinking about doing. Like John said, he was convicted because he's a disciple. He's like, I need to be with the Lord. I need to be getting challenged by God. I need to be receiving encouragement and in life from him. Um, and what you're doing is you're teaching them like, Hey, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Here's how to read the word. Here's how to meditate. Here's how to pray the Bible. <laughs> Here's how to, um, be challenged by the Bible and then do something about it. Yeah. And then when you fail, here's how to talk to someone and get a partner and walk towards something. Here's how to fast in a way that's not just, um, starving yourself. Right. So it's like, here's how to actually, uh, move with God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't teach them that, it, it really will not last. Right. Because it's just, they're dependent upon you. They're not dependent upon, whoa, I can go to the word and that's my source. It's not the latest worship music. It's not what gets me excited in my emotions. It's I know how to connect with the Lord in prayer and in his word. And from that, everything is going to just shoot out from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I would start with. I do think that, I yeah. do think there's a difference, like you were saying, between making... Um, a disciple of you versus making a disciple of Christ. Yep. Like a deci- if you're making <laughs> disciples that are uh, fixated on you, mm. that's all. That's as far as they'll ever go. The, and then they're dependent on you for everything, right? They're dependent on you to feed them. They're dependent on you to give them answers. They're dependent on you to lead them. They're dependent on you to for everything they need, rather than learning how to be dependent on Christ. Sounds and like that's, a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a discipleship cult. Um, <laughs> but taking them beyond that and requiring them. I think that's one of the big keys of discipleship is you actually require maturity from people. Mm, mm. You require them to learn how to feed themselves. You require them to learn how to seek the Lord for themselves. You require them to learn how to lead their own lives. Yeah. And I think sometimes in um, 
church settings, we can approach discipleship. Like we're building a volunteer, like a volunteer base, <laughs> you know? And that is like, yes, disciples should serve the church, but there is a point where in true discipleship, they begin to take ownership for their own spiritual life, yeah. but also begin to take ownership of the spiritual health of the church. Mm-hmm. And that goes beyond just, um, you know, cleaning buildings, which they should do. They should, we should all take care for the house of God. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, we're not just building volunteers to do things. Mm-hmm. We're actually trying to build people who love the church of God, which is people who love yeah. God and love the church. And actually I think take, take ownership of the, like I said, the spiritual health of the church, not just the, the, the physical side of the church building, but actually the people of God, the God's heart for his church, where he wants it to go, um, holding the standards of truth. I think these are all signatures of true disciples is that they hold on to things and they, you know, hold forth the word of life. Like they're, they're apprehending what they were apprehended for all of the (laughs) scriptures that we could pull up, but they're actually, they're grabbing onto something for themselves. They're not, um, just looking to be, you know, told what to think, told what to do. They're actually engaging with the word, engaging with the truth, and then propelling it also. Yeah, yeah you're making some really fantastic points and observations there. How to move a, a person from a place of conforming to this, this religious uh, uh, setup, and embracing the will of God themselves, mm. you know, to to really um, understand uh, what's at play, how all this works together, why why their um, involvement in a community is so important yeah. from a position of seeing the needs, right, that they can mm-hmm. step into, mm-hmm. and hearing the will of God yeah. for for these um, arenas that they're interacting in, each of those those uh, parts of our life that uh, have other people involved, uh, have different responsibilities involved, whether it's our, our work environment, mm-hmm. our, our church world, our family life, mm-hmm. each of those arenas um, require us to have a perspective where we are trying to understand how we can bring light in life, be this this flavorful uh, yeah. contribution to to our world. Yeah. And unless you are positioned properly in your mind, where you're laying down your life for these uh, arenas that you're engaging with, these people that you're encountering, it becomes impossible for you to. Uh, carry that message and that light, uh, that love that Jesus has given to us. Yeah. It's important that we as disciples were the same person outside of the church as inside. And that was the revolutionary thing about Jesus's disciples. They were the same in the temple in front of the Sanhedrin. And then when they got kicked out of Jerusalem and persecution, they turned the world upside down. They didn't stop being on fire for God. They didn't stop being light and salt. They didn't get trapped inside the church or trapped outside the church. Mm-hmm. They were the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, that's a level of total surrender that John started by, by talking about is this is the person who Jesus is, who I want to be no matter where I am. And that is hard to model. It's hard not to just shut off and, and be the church pastor or disciple maker, especially we're talking in a church context. 
Um, but especially if you're making disciples of people that aren't churched, you're out, you're like, you're leading someone to Jesus. I think it really, how we make disciples depends on how we evangelize. What, what gospel are we presenting to people? Are we presenting just, hey, check this box, or hey, J- Jesus is going to bless your life, or hey, this is the life, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Come, come to him. I'm going to walk with you. There's a whole other community of people that will walk with you. And you'll still keep your friends, but you'll start blessing them. <laughs> you'll start yeah. reaching them. You're not going to just be a nun. You're not going to be a monk. You're going to be in your workplace. You're going to be um, in the community. You're going to be in hobbies, but you're going to be different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have hope. And like that, that sort of a message is transformative. But for us, it's very difficult. It's the, the burden in a sense. It's not a burden you have to take up, like John said. You can make no disciples if you want. If you're listening to this, you could be like, it's way easier for me to just attend church. Mm-hmm. That's a choice you have. Or you can say, I want to pick up this burden, and I actually want to do this in step with Jesus, um, and I will be the same person everywhere I go. And you will not be perfect at first. <laughs> the Lord has to train you. The Lord's your discipler primarily, even mm-hmm. though other people will mm-hmm. do that. I loved what John said about asking the Lord for opportunities. Lord, will you disciple me this week? Give me opportunities where I get challenged. Cause that's what we're doing when we're making disciples. We go up to someone in church and say, Hey, why don't you go pray for that lady over there? And you sort of like send them like Jesus sent his disciples. Like, Hey, why don't you go clean up, pick up that piece of trash over there? And just like little things you're challenging them, but we have to be open of Lord. How are you growing me? How are you challenging me? How are you teaching me to be the same person everywhere I go? And then people can't help but catch that. If you are that person, if you're really walking in that, the people near you go, Oh, that's, there's a conviction level. And people will get mad at you. <laughs> like yeah. other people will love it. Other people are like, that's what I want to do. Um, and you're not pretending to be this perfect person. You're just being consistent as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of rambled on about that one, but I think it's, it's important that we unleash our discipleship even outside where we're comfortable. I, I have a particular burden actually for the outside ministry. Um, Currently, I do a lot of things in our community, mm-hmm. and I started engaging more with our community uh, with a challenge to bring who I am, uh, what I believe, to, to these arenas that uh, people don't see eye to eye with. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> that I embraced for a couple reasons. One, kind of as this pastoral leader type in the church, I'm asking people to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm challenging people to do this. And I want to understand how difficult that is. Yeah. I want to understand the, the obstacles that people are going to run into. I want to understand sure. the, the amount of courage mm. that it's going to take to be this disciple in our world. To take the cover off the lamp. Exactly. We <laughs> were challenged by Jesus to go into the world, mm-hmm. right? To make disciples. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, the world is, is watching how you uh, respond to situations, how you uh, uh, handle uh, opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're going to, uh, take a position for your own glory, mm. whether you're going to uh, operate in a way where, 
where you have benefit and gain, that kind of um, behavior and, and maybe quality is what the world is. And so as disciples, if we're not prepared to really embrace this message that Jesus is teaching, mm-hmm. right? He, he actually says there in Luke, right? You cannot be uh, my disciple if you are bringing glory to yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. right? The, the whole purpose is for you to do my will, to understand my call yeah. for your life and to uh, operate with the, the set of cards that have been dealt to you. Yeah. Right. Whatever, whatever scenario Calling, we're in, yeah. mm-hmm. that scenario is for us to walk out our faith yeah. and to to walk it out by these standards Jesus has given. Yeah. And so when we start stepping out uh, out of the church and into these arenas where uh, we're encountering conflict, where we're encountering uh, unbelief, where we're encountering hatred for who we stand for, for for the the life we represent, what is our response there? How are we encountering that? And it's um, that kind of um, opportunity that we really should be seeking out as disciples. Yeah. God has a plan and a purpose. And if we can recognize what his plan and purpose is in these arenas, then we will... um, begin to see the testimonies unfold. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to uh, enjoy some of those rewards of seeing people uh, change their minds, seeing people change their their walk, seeing people step up in ways where um, a, a community starts to reflect kindness, starts to reflect consideration, for one another, starts to reflect uh, responsibility and self-control. A lot of these uh, characteristics that everybody wants. Everybody wants their mm-hmm. their governing leaders to be honest mm-hmm. and to be self uh, or selfless, right? To serve their community without an agenda. Everybody wants a coach that is playing the players that that earned their, their spot on the field. Everybody Unless wants, their son didn't earn it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you're yeah. dealing with favoritism all the yeah. time. You're dealing with, you know, people constantly second-guessing one another. You're dealing with, with people always operating in this distrust for what your motive is. Yeah. And that's just this accepted world. And so, so you, you operate for your own gain. You operate to make sure you get where you want to go, right? And sometimes that means steamrolling. Sometimes that means, you know, maneuvering yourself in a way where where you get the opportunities you want. But that isn't what a disciple would look like. Right. A disciple of Christ hopefully is going to operate in those arenas mm. with this yeah. selfless motive. Yeah. With this God-driven agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, our citizenship is in heaven, therefore we're good citizens here. I mean, it's it's so true. It's part of discipleship is teaching people how to live. <laughs> it's not just like well, yeah. how to read the word, even though that's primary, I believe, but how to live. Did you have something? Uh, well, else? I was just going to say, just as you were talking, John, I was just thinking about, um, you know, every account that we read in the Bible was really about people of God who 
who heard God and how it affected the world around them, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's Daniel mm -hmm. or Nehemiah or uh, the disciples or, you know, the early church. It's like you see it just throughout the entire word of people mm -hmm. who, who had a heart after God, who sought him, who um, followed him, maybe not always perfectly, but the impact um, that their yielded life brought to um, every circle, you know, from them out, basically their families, their regions, sometimes nations, um, just how the cities, how it affected, how it affected other people. And I really think that that's um, maybe one of the, I don't know, places that we need to lean into a little bit more um, as we disciple people is that your life, a life that is actually really yielded to God and his purposes, it will affect things. It will affect things in the lives of people around you. It affects things at mm -hmm. the place that you work, right? I mean, we see that, you know, Joseph, every place he went Amen. to serve, it prospered <laughs> because he was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a, there should be a difference when someone who is a, a true disciple yeah. steps into a place of employment steps into a, a community outreach, you know, coaching a sure. team there has, there should be a difference there, um, of a true disciple. And, and there will be, if they're, if you're really yielded, if you are walking in integrity, integrity, meaning you're the same person, um, wherever you are, cause it's who yeah. you are that has an effect and there's confrontation, right? That disciples bring, they bring with them confrontation, but confrontation doesn't have to mean, um, conflict. Yeah. It just means uh, there's a realization. There's I a think, line too. in the sand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good. The other thing is, um, they won't make that difference if they don't have their lamp lit. Mm -hmm. There's no oil in it. Right. And we can't always put that in someone and that doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't last. Like, um, we should be discipling our church through the messages on Sunday. We should be discipling our community. We should be discipling the nations. But we're teaching people to be disciples. Right. And a disciple is a learner, but a disciple is a priest and a minister to God. <laughs> it's like that is word one. Like that that will, if they get that right, like the church in Antioch, Acts 13, they ministered to the Lord with prayer and fasting, and then they sent Paul and Barnabas. And they, they affected the whole earth through that. Um, if you get that primary, like, Teach the person who God is. Like, teach the person how to keep the lamp lit. Teach the person how to interact. Like I said before, like, teach them who they are, their identity, mm -hmm. that they're welcome before God. They're a son. They're a king. They're a priest. They're a princess if they're a girl. I don't know, whatever. Whatever you want to say, right? Like, teach the identity of somebody <laughs> and then the mission. Like, identity is primary. Like, you mentioned something earlier. You said the word insecurity. And I think that is so huge. That's huge. People come in so insecure. A lot of times they have hidden stuff in their life. It makes them insecure. A lot of times they just don't have any experience of walking with God or stepping out in God. They're insecure. They worry about the opinions of others. They're insecure. God's like, I want to give you peace. I want you to lay all that stuff down and take my life. I want you to know your real identity. Then you'll be freed for your purpose and your mission. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing, in, like by opening up your life and opening up your journey, you're showing someone like how you got to a point <laughs> where you know your mission and your call and you're doing it, but you show them where it came from. Like you, you show them how you read the Bible, how you pray, how you interact with God, how you intercede, how you go out. Um, and they're like, oh, okay. They might not do it exactly like you, but they're like, I know how to keep this flame lit. 
Like I, I know what's going to quench it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'll progressively not do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's so important that that's that primary thing of who the Lord is, who Jesus is, the one they're following. Um, and from that, there is, like Liz said, there's no way it doesn't affect everyone else. Mm -hmm. If it's real, if you're like, man, why isn't my life affecting? Well, maybe the lamp isn't lit. <laughs> like maybe there's no oil. Maybe you're going through the motions. Um, maybe you're not asking and receiving because his word doesn't abide in you. Like maybe those elements are actually missing. And so what we're doing is, you know, we're building that in people and we're building in them an openness and a teachability where like a lot of people think like to be a disciple maker, you have to be this professor you have to know everything. <laughs> That's not how I disciple. I'm not just trying to give people the answers. I used to it didn't work very good. <laughs> like just giving people information and blasting them by talking for an hour straight. It mm -hmm. doesn't disciple them. Mm -hmm. They can get that online. What you show them is what you're learning. Like pastor John said, you show them that you are a disciple, how you learn that teaches them to think in the mind of Christ and receive from Holy spirit. Yeah. I was going to say, I think uh, one of the things is not teaching people what to think, but how to think yeah. and that, so that whatever, um, scenario they encounter, they have the principles of like how to think about that, not mm -hmm. what to think. Cause it may be something you haven't experienced as a discipler, mm -hmm. but if you're teaching them how to like, okay, how to, how to put it in context of the word, how to filter it through that, how to filter it through godly principles, mm -hmm. then whatever they encounter, even if it's not something that you've dealt with personally, they can learn how to navigate it. Yeah. And that's so um, key, I think, mm -hmm. is, just, is teaching them how to think, which is a lot harder than teaching someone what to think, yeah. actually. And it requires you to trust them. It it's a little bit messy, too. Wait, <laughs> you trust your disciples? <laughs> you have trust to. Trust is important? Man, I, you know what blows my mind? <laughs> like, God trusts us so much. It's ridiculous to Some me. Like, he, he gives... <laughs> this Bible with all of this power oh. and instruction. And then he's like, here you go. <laughs> and then like people take it and do all kinds of weird uh. things with it. And he's like, well, I don't know. I, I just think that's like mind boggling. And yeah. he's like, he's like, okay, these people are going to lead my church. And he, and he's like, I trust them to do it. And they mess it up and they do great things. And I don't know. It's like, man, if we could trust people the way God trusts people, I think we could get a lot further. And then, and then he gets, <laughs> then he gets grieved. Yeah, he gets grieved because people we do dumb things, and we're, it'd be easier we're, for God if He never entrusted <laughs> anything to anyone. He never entrusted the gospel to anyone, because then He would never be grieved. Yeah. People would never mess it up. Right? There'd be nothing to you have to come in and like, oh gosh, let's let's help them out of this mess. You think about the heroes of World War II, oh. and you know some of the amazing battles that were fought and won by such young men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trained yeah. to do a job and at age 22, 24, you know, 30, heroes rescuing, mm -hmm. you know, nations yeah. from, from destruction are, are right in history. You right. know, they're, they're creating, you know, stories that, you know, will inspire people for generations to come, you know. Right. And I, I, I feel like that's, what true disciples will get to do, yeah, you know, write history mm. and inspire generations to come. In fact, Paul, I was uh, studying a scripture about the grace of God, mm. right? And a a writer, you know, given reference to it, 
talked about had he, uh, when he requested God to take this thorn from his side, had his prayer been answered, how many heroes would have been robbed from the world? Wow. Because it was in that thorn, Paul's weakness, that God's strength could be hmm. uh, made real in everyone's world. Yeah. And that uh, work through our weakness, right, and submitting to the, the difficult times um, allowed the glory of God to be revealed in a way where other people could grab hold of faith yeah. and be inspired, yeah. you know? And so we, we have to be in a place where we're confident in who our God is. And that, that begins with that foundation of prayer, of yeah. the word of God. The boring stuff. Yeah, the, the, the rote. It's not boring, but you teach them, right? Well, sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes you read and it's not this spectacular thing. Are you praying? No, it's like not every meal you eat thing. is not like the most amazing thing you've ever eaten, yeah. right? But you still should eat. Yeah, like, especially if it's a golden. <laughs> you may not remember meal. it, but oh yeah. my gosh, that's not good. <laughs> if you don't eat very much, though, every meal becomes more special to you. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. the spiritual hunger. Hunger adds flavor. Oh, it's good. It's a good one. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, I think to start making disciples, maybe somebody's listening and they're like. Okay, fine. I'll make a disciple. <laughs> I should, you know, <laughs> make one of yourself first, whatever. But how how would you start doing that? I mean, what I do, I'll just say what I do is like I just kind of stealth do it. I know some people like come to someone and they're like, "I see something in you. I want to disciple you." I don't really say that to the person. I just I will start praying for them, and then I'll just start inviting them to things. And as much as they go, I'll I'll give to them, and I'll be like, "I'm gonna intentionally build this person." And whether that person's a non-believer, sometimes I believe you make a disciple before you make a convert. I've probably said that before. Um, you open your life to someone and you see, you see how God will use it. You don't have to be the primary one discipling them. You don't have to be the only one they look to, but you can start pouring into their life and, and you take the initiative. It's not like um, in a mentee-mentor relationship where they're seeking you. You actually are the one that says, I need to give someone. I need to give something to someone else. I need to train someone. I need to, to pour out oil for me to continue to receive that. So who is in my life that I have the ability to start pouring into? Um, and you can make a disciple of a believer who's like a, a tender, and you can make a disciple of a non-believer. Would you guys have any, any thoughts on this? Like how could someone get going? Well, I think uh, you're touching on something that I believe is really, really important. Make observation of who God's put in your life. Mm-hmm. There is somebody, maybe they're nagging you, maybe they're, you, you know, just a, a frustration to you, but they're in your life and they care what you have to say. Yeah. If you have that kind of a person, make note, God's put them in your life to walk with them. And if you change your perspective, you'll become such a powerful influencer. And from that place other influence may may arise. Yes. You know, but we have to recognize first where God's placed us and who he's placed in our life. And so Absolutely. Uh, that starts I think our awareness of discipleship. Yeah. Amen. What about you, Liz? Yeah, I would just say first of all understanding you can't disciple everybody. Mm. And so um for me it's the Lord brings people 
um, into a lot of people through just through my sphere or, or my whatever. Um, and there's certain people I know I have an assignment to. Like he just like he puts it in me. I know I have an assignment to this person, and it's all different ages. And so from then it's like, all right, Lord, what is your heart for this person? And what is it that I'm supposed to? How am I supposed to walk with them? What is it that you have for me to give to them? What level of investment are you asking for me here? Because it's different levels, I think, for different times and people. But um, the, generally, for me, it's like I the Lord gives me an assignment to somebody because yeah, a lot of people want to be um, discipled or mentored. And the reality is you can't give a quality version of yourself to everybody. And so it's understanding who the assignment is for, uh, from God. For yeah. Your life. Even Jesus could only do 12 closely. Yeah. I mean, he had this, you science, know, yeah. 70 and, and mm. lots of others, but there were only the 12 that mm. he was assigned to, I believe. And there were the three and there was the one. Mm-hmm. So there are these degrees too. Mm-hmm. Hey, pastor John, will you pray us out? We pray yeah, over them absolutely. that they can make disciples. This was fun, you guys. Right. Thanks. I'm glad you came on. I was really glad yeah. to hear your heart, too. I don't think I've heard it quite expressed that way. I've so, never thanks. heard your heart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> More time. Yeah. More time. It'll come. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for being able to share thoughts and reflect on your word, hear what you're doing in, in our lives and in the lives of others. Lord, and today we just thank you for drawing us and calling us out. Lord, I pray for those listening. I pray for those who have not heard yet your message. And I ask, God, that there would be a stirring in each heart to know you and to be used by you, to recognize that we're playing a part in your work, God, to disciple others. And so we ask that there would be an increase today of disciples in the earth, and that more and more would embrace your call, Father, and hear your voice to carry our cross, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.